0: When I got angry, I felt super justified in it. I felt righteous, and I would shit all over everybody, and that's not taking responsibility.
1: Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. I know some of you guys know us really really well some of you this might be your first encounter with us Uh, but the idea is that we know because we hear from a ton of you I I mean I got three emails on this topic today Um, Neen just did it the other day where you've wanted to share the kind of work that we've done with you personally or something that's touched you from Satori Prime World And you want to share that with the people in your lives. And we haven't really been good about giving you guys that opportunity. So these are kind of designed for you to bring your friends, your family, um, introduce people that you've spoken about Satori Prime to, just so they can kind of check out for themselves what it is that we do here. Because I know that sometimes it's very difficult to explain the spiritual practice, the the personal development practice. So this is our way, at least for now, of uh, attempting to make that accessible and available to you guys and and to those that you love. So um, last session, last week, we actually did a high level overview of the ego and its effects on you, how it basically steals your life. Uh, A line that one of our students really gravitated to was, um, you know, you've basically for a majority of your life in certain areas, maybe in in other areas, not, but in certain areas, you're basically a passenger on the Ego's bus. You know, Ego's driving this bus around. You're just sitting back there kind of taking in the views and commenting whether you like it or not. And the whole idea of what we want to provide for you, and this is because we've spent you know, a decade and a half experientially learning this and paying people a whole lot of money and going through books and seminars and mentors and all that stuff to figure this out on our own. And we want to share with you what's worked and leave the what hasn't worked and give you, I don't want to say shortcuts because I don't think there's shortcuts to this, but help you at least focus on the things that are going to make the biggest difference, the fastest. Uh, One of the things that I said in the last one is for us, Velocity is paramount. You know, we, we like our, our transformation lickety split, and uh, we don't have time to lollygag. <laughs> I like the lickety split a lot. I'm, I,
0: I, I'm laughing for two reasons. Number one, they use words like lickety split, uh, and number two, because I'm not always in a complete agreement with that with that statement. I do like I do like moving through things quickly, and I know that there's things in life that just take time.
1: For sure, I'm just saying you and me. Our main focus has always been to work on things that produce results. With velocity.
0: Without a doubt. Um,
1: you know, look, you can get this stuff by sitting on top of a mountain for the next 25, 30 years. You you could, right? Like all the answers that you need are within. This is not something new. It, this is, for, for most people, I, I'd imagine the experiences when you have an aha moment or when you have a breakthrough, it's not, you're not shocked. It's not something like, Oh my God, I've never heard that before in my life. In fact, it's usually something like, what, that, like it was that thing, you know, because it's, it's almost like we remember the stuff more than acquire new stuff. So all this stuff is inside of you. It's just, you know, how quickly are you going to unlock it? So with that being said. Uh, if you haven't watched the replay of the last one, I highly recommend you do that because the intention is that these will build on each other. Uh, but today, what we wanted to talk to you about are two of the main pillars that are going to drive this entire vehicle for you. Okay? Without these two distinctions, everything that we talk about for the next sessions will have been for naught. Because if you can at least get these two things down it doesn't matter how many books you read how many seminars you go to how many movies you watch nothing will stick
0: for years um oh and again i want to just offer that the way i want you to listen is just like just try it on right just just see if it works for you we're not we're not claiming to be truth sayers what we're claiming to do is that we've developed abilities to move from paradigm to paradigm to alter our state of being nearly at will that leads to significantly different results than the one that people are accustomed to getting over and over again. And that comes from our ability to try things on. Now, that doesn't mean that everything we talked to you about is going to 100% work for you. And if it doesn't, that's fine. Leave that alone. Go get back whatever you feel works better for you. But in this case, you know, we're, we want you to take a look at this thing. I often get asked by people, like I've been doing this developmental work pretty much nonstop since I was 19 years old. So I'm about to hit my 33rd birthday. And a lot of people ask me why and what do you get from it? And I say uh, something to this effect. I say, well, if you scrape it all down, you take away all the fancy distinctions, the experiences, what have you. And you ask me, what is it that I get from doing developmental work, spiritual work, meditation, etc.? And my answer to that is it's a, it's a expanded capacity to be responsible for more and more. I'll just reiterate that it's an expanded ability to be responsible for more and more. So I want to give you an example of great people in history that a lot of people look up to. Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, uh, Mother Teresa. If we were to scrape down and boil and, and put into a single sentence, what did these people do? What they did was they, they took responsibility. Martin Luther King, I'll be responsible for my people. Uh, Gandhi, I'll be responsible for my countrymen, right? Mother Teresa, I'll be responsible for the poor, the weak, this kind of thing. And all they did was step up, say that, and then engage in conversations with others, right, about taking responsibility. And this has changed the world. These are people we will look at centuries from now, should we make it that far? We will look back at these people centuries from now and still have conversations about the saints that they were, the great people that they were, the amazing things they performed. And we'll talk about it like it was magic. And at the end of the day, all they did was take responsibility. Now, you know, responsibility, if you break down that word, it means your ability to respond, right? Or at least that's what I say, like your ability to respond. When you're not taking responsibility, you lack that ability, and you're waiting for something to occur. So I want to define responsibility in the way that it is and in a new way to look at it. Because I think where where Elon and I have excelled is we've understood the power of language, its impact on you, and your ability to use it as a creation tool, okay? So in the way that society teaches responsibility, and I, I like to talk a lot about that because these are not things that you were born with innately. These are things that you picked up along the way whether it was society's conversation, your parents' conversation, or things you've just learned from your environment, you know, whether it was conscious or not. Our society has collapsed responsibility with blame. I, I often use the example of like the political arena. Uh, our con- you know, U.S. is the epic example of that currently, of every time something going wrong, we look for who's responsible. But what we're really saying is who's to blame. And what we're really doing is saying, who do we point the finger at? Right? Who do we find this blame? now? I want you guys to look throughout your history as a human and throughout, I'm sure in your country, the political arena can't be that different than ours because it's all stemmed from the same oozy bullshit that's been around for a really long period of time. And there's just kind of one conversation on the planet right now. So the conversation now is about blame. And in this circumstance is where we find somebody to blame or in your own life when something goes wrong and you blame somebody else or blame yourself I want you to think of, if there's a situation that you can think of when that occurred, that some kind of resolution actually happened by placing that blame somewhere. Or in the political arena, can you think of a time where we found who to blame and even if we do find who to hold responsible, does that create resolution of any kind or move momentum forward in that area or arena of our lives? I would assert you probably can't find an example for that. Why? Because it doesn't really exist. So if that's the case on the macro scale and the political, economical, geopolitical arena, I imagine that's probably true in your life too, or at least valid. And you could add the truth to it yourself that when you blame yourself, it's not like, all right, that problem solved now. (laughs) Like sweet. I didn't lose those 20 pounds problem averted. (laughs) Like, you know, I didn't make that money. Great. I'm to blame problem averted, right? There's no power inside that conversation. In fact, it diminishes power because what does the experience of blame do to you? Well, it creates the experience of guilt of shame, of uh, loss of value, like your worth goes away. And when you're having those experiences without getting into the whole explanation as to why, but again, look in your own life and map to your own life experience when you felt guilt and you start punishing yourself internally, emotionally, maybe physical abuse, whatever it is that you do when you hit that. And you do that as if, if you just punish yourself enough, like you're going to learn the lesson. Again, I want you to think if you can validate that with honesty as to whether or not that's ever helped you actually grow in any meaningful way or helped you find resolution or helped you advance or helped you transform or helped you get to where you want to get to. Again, I would assert that probably has not happened. And I'm I'm making these assertions and people are standing off in the box like never. I'm making these assertions, again, based on talking to thousands of people and seeing that this has never created a solution for fucking anybody, including myself. Mm -hmm. So – If that's the case, we want to take this distinction collapse because blame and responsibility aren't the same thing, and we want to separate the two. So if we were to separate blame and put it into its own category, and we were going to take responsibility and put it into a category, we need to start redefining what responsibility actually means and remove it from the experience of blame, okay? So my personal definition from responsibility, you can use it if you like, or you can create your own. It doesn't matter. This is what empowers me. For me, it's the ability to sit at the source of what's happening. So I'm responsible because I'm at the source of what's being created. And as a caveat to that, whether I can see it or not, how I created it. Okay. So some things happen underneath the surface of our consciousness. Some things we're very conscious of or creating, but guys, we are patterned machines that this patterns have been going on for decades. And a lot of stuff you do on automatic, you're not really paying attention. Kind of like when you're driving home from work and suddenly you're sitting in your driveway and you're like, How the fuck did I get here? Because you weren't there along for the ride, right? There's all these like automated systems at play. And there's all these things we do with the people in our lives, conversations that we have, et cetera, actions that we take that we're so familiar with the outcome of those things. It's just the machinery playing. We're almost not even there while it's happening. So you're not even aware of like, when did you start it? And this is a lot like the butterfly effect. Like you're putting things into action all the times in your life. And there's an outcome down the road. And when it comes, you're like, Hey, where did that come from? You don't remember how you moved that thing into action. So again, responsibility, the ability to see oneself at the source of what's happening, right? So one more thing I want to mention about this. I look at all things in life like relationships, right? Everything can be seen through the eyes of a relationship. So like my relationship to myself, my relationship to my spouse, my relationship to my business, my relationship to my health, my relationship to my spirituality, my God, whatever, right? Everything is relationships. Now, I imagine everybody here at some point in time has been in some kind of loving relationship or is in one currently right now. And you guys know that most relationships and the way that people view them are through the eyes of 50-50, right? You do your share, I'll do my share. Now, that's wonderful when the relationship gets started because you're both feeding each other a lot of energy, but like all things in life, eventually something will happen and it will create what we call an uh uh-oh moment, like uh uh-oh, something is wrong here. And in that moment, whether it was like you guys had a fight or whether some circumstance or whether something from your past came up in your current relationship and it started freaking you out, whatever it might be, it's now causing a challenge in your relationship. So let's say you guys got into an argument, okay? And because of that argument, if your view of responsibility is blame, the blame model, that's the 50-50 model. Now you're saying, you did this to me. You're making me unhappy, right? And you start pointing the finger, again, blame. And I want you to get to look... In your relationships, has that ever really worked for you or does it just make you feel like shit and make them feel like shit? Now, in that situation where you have that 50-50 split, what ends up happening is you're creating a stalemate situation because you both have the view of the relationship that you both own 50% of it, which means that if she did something to you or he did something to you, now you're both waiting for the other person to take the first action You go, when they apologize, I'll apologize. When she finally says that thing, Okay, then I'll give this up. Then I won't, then I won't hold it against her anymore, right? And that's the conversation internally, this fucking battle over and over again. But, or I should say, and having that view, having that paradigm, having that model is destroying your relationships. It's killing your it's killing your communication. It's killing your vitality. It's killing the love that you have. That's for damn sure. Right? So that's the model that the most, if not all the world is currently operating out of right now. It's 50-50 all the way. All right. Government does it. Okay, then if I see the government doing the right thing, I'll start doing the right thing too. If mm. my neighbor starts throwing out his trash you know, and recycling, you know what? I'll do too, but Joe is a fucking asshole. He's not throwing out his trash, so I'm not going to do it either. Destroying the planet, right? Like that kind of stuff. And we constantly wait for something else to happen, the perfect circumstance to arise, the perfect situation to arise before we say "Well, we're willing to take action. Again, that's the blame model. So what's the other model? Well, here's the other paradigm we can operate out of. In the seat of responsibility, I source this. That model is not 50-50. That's 100% here, 0% over there. Now, guys, this is not the truth, but it is a way of looking at things that consistently has you looking at what you need to transform and what you need to let go of in order to take a consistent action with the results that you want in your life. I imagine everybody on this webinar right now wants better communication with the people they love in their life, wants to have a greater experience of love, wants to have a better spiritual connection, wants to be connected to... the planet in a, in a more meaningful way, he wants to be connected to their common man in a more meaningful way, right? Like I imagine at the heart center of all of us, that's what we all freaking want. So the happiest man I ever saw in a relationship was a man who had an agreement with his wife that no matter what happened, even if he thought he was right, the agreement was he would always be the first to apologize. Happiest man I've ever seen. And to a lot of people who are operating out of a paradigm of a 50-50 model, they go, that seems odd. Because if he's constantly to blame, isn't he going to feel like shit and he's going to be like, he's going to feel like he's losing his power. And I say, absolutely not. Because his paradigm is I'm at the source of making sure that I have the most delicious, unbelievable, incredible relationship possible with this woman. And every time he apologizes for something, he creates space in the relationship for something new to arise. And when it arises and they transform together and the communication comes back in and the love comes back in and all that stuff that you want in a a really beautiful relationship comes back in, he gets to know that he sourced that, that he created that outcome in the relationship. Do you know how freaking amazing that is? So your whole life can look like that everywhere. Like you ask Elon and I what we've done in our business, how we've done it in our business, Elon, responsibility.
1: Yep. 100%.
0: We've done, we've done things through responsibility. Uh, all our relationships, responsibility. When I was younger, I many of you guys know this, Dealt with depression, suicide, anger. And my view of the world was that I was a victim. Everything was happening to me all the time. So when I got angry, I felt super justified in it. I felt righteous. And I would shit all over everybody. And I'd say, you clean up the mess, right? Because I still felt like they were doing something to me. That could only happen in the 50-50 model. And then I would just leave them with the mess. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? When you, uh, when you change your attitude, come back and talk to me. We can, we can talk about being friends again. And I burnt a lot through my relationships like that. Completely lost any relationship to connection with people, love and affinity for myself and others out the window. You do that long enough, that leads to thoughts like suicide. It's a psychosomatic disease, nothing more. It's not like my genes were broken, Right. But how many people do you know that are operating like that every single day? It's been going on for decades. They don't remember that they are the ones that even chose to begin that path in the first place. No other training, no other paradigm to operate out of. So we really want to urge you and assert to look for yourself in the areas of life that are not working for you. Even if you're sitting there right now with a notepad and a pen, I hope you have one, right? Take like a minute or 30 seconds and write down like an area of two of life right now that for you feels like there is a lack whether it's in a relationship, whether it's your health, your money, your feeling of abundance, your connection to source, whatever it might be. And I promise you, look at the view that you currently have. I promise there's some part of you that's like looking to blame that other party. And that's not taking responsibility. Now take blame out of it. Stop making it such a moral issue. If you want to stay exactly where you are, feel guilty. If you want to stay exactly where you are, feel shame. But that's all you're going to have is exactly more of exactly what you already have. I promise you. It doesn't go anywhere. Give up the right to go there. And if you're going to feel guilty and shame, at least put a timeline on it. Like put it like a timeline. Like, all right, for the next five minutes, I'm going to let myself feel a little bit shitty and let that pass through me. But have the intention of letting it pass through you, not holding on to it like this. And when you let that go and you say, okay, from the point of view of how can I be responsible for this, how did I create this? And if you have enough courage to go there and actually look at your life through that lens, you're going to immediately see that the way that you were being led to the actions that you took and gave you the result that you had with that person, the situation, your business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when you take responsibility, you're going to find that something is like, oh, shit, I could have been this way. And if I had been that way, I would have taken these actions. I would have gotten a different result. Most of you guys never look at how your being and you keep being the same way. And because you're being the same way, that being takes the same actions. And then and those actions get you the same results. That's why you keep getting the same argument or you keep meeting the same person or you keep having the same boss or you keep having struggles with your financial situation or your experience of your own self-worth, whatever it might be. And trust me, talking from crazy experience of sleeping with bedrock and thinking my life needs to be over for about five straight years. So talking from experience and having You know, quantum leap that to go to the other side, I'm telling you, this is what sourced a massive transformation in my ability to have the exact life that I want to have by design and have relationships that work for me with an experience of love and creation. And that's what's available to all you guys. Okay. So I'll leave it off with that for now
1: though. I want to add one other thing is that when we do private coaching and stuff, Okay, One of the things that we're always listening for when people tell us the story of this situation or that situation or how X is going or Y is going, what we're always listening for is where are they not 100% responsible for that? Because the second that you go to, like, I'll give you an example from today. Today, uh, I was talking to one of my personal uh, clients and she says to me, the situation with her mom, and how every time she's with her mom, the conversation steers towards her mom complaining about money, okay? Because of that, this girl doesn't enjoy being around her mom, right? Because she's kind of on a different path, and every time she's around her mom, her mom complains, and she feels like she can't do anything, so she's just sitting there listening to her mom complain, and she's sick and tired of it, so it doesn't make it exciting to go, obviously, spend time with her mom. Now, the problem is that because of that, she feels guilty that she doesn't have a better relationship with her mom, but she, her, when, when she tells me the story, what I hear is that there's helplessness there mm. around her mom being this way, right? So right away, the thing that gets triggered, and I want you guys to start being ninjas about this for yourselves, Okay. Right away, when you explain this guy, the exercise guy told you is you know, write out situations in your life or things that you blame or people that you blame and just see what's there. Because right there, as soon as I heard that, I said, listen, you're not being 100% responsible for your relationship with your mom. You're doing like, I'm gonna do 80% and when my mom shifts this other 20%, we're gonna have a great relationship. Here's the thing, say her mom never changes. And say her mom dies, whatever, right? She's going to be the one left with the guilt. She's going to be the one left feeling shitty, right? So what we spoke about is what can this is the question. What could you be responsible for or willing to be responsible for that you aren't willing to be responsible for now? Just to kind of spin this thing forward, you know, 10 minutes later, she's looking at, well, I haven't ever said to my mom that when she talks and complains about money, that it bothers me. Mm -hmm. I've never actually laid that groundwork. So I sit there and I let her do this thing and inside I'm fuming. I was like, well, have you ever told her that if she wants to talk about money, you're absolutely open to talk with her about it with the understanding that it's going to go somewhere. If she's just looking to complain, you don't want that to be part of your relationship. Have you ever said that? No, I've never said that do you think that saying something like that would make an actual difference in your relationship? As a matter of fact, I do. Right. And then that conversation led, well, well, she also does this with politics. And I was like, well, have you ever told her that you don't want to speak to politics about politics? And I shared with her, uh, my, my personal thing around politics specifically, my in-laws are super, super like Fox news, watching Republicans, which is the complete opposite side of where, I am, right? Now, I don't like politics either way. I don't think either side is excellent. I don't give a shit about any of them. They're all morons to me. <laughs> um, but having said that, I knew that every time they would bring that up, something inside of me would come up and I would just feel very, like it would get all these gears pumping inside of me and I was just not having a good time. And so one day I made a request. I just made a request. I didn't say like, Hey, shut the fuck up. Like, I can't listen to you guys talk about that because you also have to be gracious. It's not about just like shitting on someone you, you have to do with grace and love. Right? So here's what I said. I said something along the lines of when we have these conversations about politics, I personally do not enjoy them. So if it's something that you guys want to talk amongst yourself I'm all for it, I just don't wanna be around it when that's happening. So if I excuse myself from the table, it's not that I don't love you, it's not that I don't respect you, it's just that I'm choosing not to be part of this conversation, okay? And I let them say whatever there was for them to say. Here's the cool part, I don't remember the last time I've had a conversation around politics with my in-laws. Right? You can retrain people. The thing is, though, if you are constantly in a state of, I'm going to give 90%, just give me the 10, right? Like 95, just give me 5%, like <laughs> give me, show me some effort, show me that you're doing something. Any part of you that does that, you've missed the point. You've lost all control. You've sold out to buying buying whatever excuse that this situation is somehow fixed
0: so why is having that conversation different than setting ground rules versus like you taking responsibility for the communication in the room
1: so where most people so look i'm all for setting ground rules like I, i have no issue with that right we do it unconscious anyway guys you unknowingly set up ground rules with your kids, with your spouse, with your people at work, like they know how to interact with you, how not to interact with you, they know what to do to push your buttons, that you've trained them on all of it, conscious or unconscious. Taking responsibility for is, I could sit there, right, and fume, and get upset, and get defensive, and all of this stuff, which at the end of the day, here's the crazy part, is not even me doing any of that. It's my ego, because to the ego, a good argument, losing an argument, I should say, is like death. That's the equivalent of death to the ego. It's the same thing as a lion mulling you. So the ego gets real fired up in these situations. Now, what I'm committed to in my relationship with my in-laws is love and connection. Having that experience doesn't give me access to that, nor does it give them access to that. Because if I cut them off, right, even though I'm sitting there and arguing, I've literally cut them off. I've cut love and connection. So what I can be responsible for is the way the relationship is going, the lack of love, the lack of connection, is my causing, is my responsibility,
0: Yeah.
1: right? Because I allow for the space for that conversation to be present and there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay? If I know that I'm allowing, right, like I'm 100% responsible, I take that on, that means that I'm allowing for this conversation to be in that space. Once I have that outlook, now I can also be responsible for moving that conversation out of my space, right? And the thing is, you have to do this with grace. Because if you do it from a judgy, I'm upset standpoint, Or if you do it while the conversation is happening, you're poo-pooing on the the situation. This is the conversation that happens like when that conversation isn't even brought up. It's not politics come up and you go like that and react. No, no, no. This is, hey, you know what I've noticed recently? I've noticed that when we we speak about politics, it just gets aggressive. People start yelling. It never really goes anywhere. So – I'm just thinking, look, uh, do we agree that what we want in our relationship is love and connection? Yes, right? Do do you feel that we have love and connection when we're talking about politics? No, absolutely, right? Because they're, they're in the same vein. So can we just make an effort? Because again, listen, you can't say like, we will never do this because we're humans, right? Can we make an effort that that we don't have these conversations that we can actually engage in conversations that we feel love and connection from who the fuck is going to say no to that. Right. And so that's it. And it's, I don't know if it's called setting up ground rules. Like, I don't know if you want to do that. To me, it's not really setting up ground rules. It's setting up effective relationships, effective ways to communicate with
0: it, it's, create, it's creating alignment in terms of we're both oriented around having the same goals in the relationship with love, connection, vitality, all these different things. Anything that's taking that away from us, right, in terms of that, like none of us are committed to that. And then the ultimate it doesn't really freaking matter what your opinion is politically or anything else. You know, to some people it might. And they might still want to engage in that, but at least like, like most people, when you tell them something that could cause a, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? A skerfuffle? Is that a word? Am I making that up? Oh, you're definitely making a up, a up a word. A kerfuffle? That isn't like a kerfuffle? Like a, kerfuffle? Like a, <laughs> kerfuffle is like some kind of resistance. <laughs> Whether it is or it isn't, right now kerfuffle means creating resistance from people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you like what people are concerned with is that they're losing your respect, your love, or your trust. And if it's very clear inside of the way that you're communicating with people that that's not the case, like it's not that this just doesn't work for me, it's fine, right? And that's it. You're just you're aligning, you're being clear in your communication, and you're speaking to your needs. People are terrible at creating their boundaries and saying and really speaking clearly. They hide things. They think if they just show that like grimace face, like the other person is going to pick it up and subtly pick up on their cues and like in their conversation and stuff like that. And people don't. Because we're, our, our experience of self is so self-absorbed, we're barely conscious of our own experience, nevertheless what other people are doing, right? So, okay, I, I like these questions, but I, I do want to move through, and I think, unless you have more to say about it. I,
1: I just, two other things, because yeah. I'm kind of reading these things. One is, around Guy and I, I don't know, Guy, if, if you agree with this, but I, I assert that around us, people do not complain.
0: No, we don't have a, we don't have space for complainers.
1: So here's I, the thing. I, Guy and I have created space to hold... Any way that most people be, I mean, really like that's, that's our game. We just expand and expand and expand so we can be with everything, any circumstance, any situation, et cetera. What we are not okay with is people complaining. And so I remember, look, people in your life complain, people around you complain. They're human beings, right? So we actively went out and altered the conversations around us because we became hundred percent responsible for no complaint showing up in my life. Right. The people around me live amazing lives. They do not fucking complain to me. They go to complain to other people, not to me. <laughs> well, you come to me when you're done complaining. Well, you come to me when you want to get through something, when you're done with this way of living and you're ready to just move on. You're done and sick and tired of complaining. Right. So, We've done that
0: through
1: owning our space and owning the way that people show up in our space and being 100% responsible for that. And guess what? To have conversations with people to say like, listen, if you want to complain about this and you're not actually looking for another perspective or a solution or something like that, honestly, I'm not your guy. Like go speak to your girlfriends or go speak to those people or whatever you want. It just... I'm not, I'm not that person, right? And you can do it in a gracious way. And I'm telling you right now, like that shit does not show up for us. Mm-hmm. It just does not. My conversation is you come into our space, your dreams are fulfilled. That's the space. Truly, like we make people's dreams come true. Not we, like I don't actually do anything. I just know that in my space, people live amazing lives. Right. And I cannot have that and complaints in the same place at the same time. Um, And I just want to read out loud what Anna said, because I think it's beautiful, which is I was blaming my boss for two years because I hated the job I have chosen myself. I was blaming my parents who did not advise me not to accept this job at this time. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Like, Anna, what you want to get is you aren't even the one doing that. It's the ego, right? Ego gets a job. In an ego's world, the job is supposed to be fruitful, fun, amazing, growth, all of that stuff, right? And then you get a job where you have a boss that's challenging or a job that's challenging. And all of a sudden, the ego goes, well, that's not what we had in mind. And it, this is what it goes to do. who do I blame for why it's not showing up the way we had it in mind? Get right. ready Oh, I know I'll blame the boss. He's the one that's making this miserable for me. Oh, I know I'll go back a little bit further. Why didn't my parents tell me not to take this job? like do you guys get the insanity of this?
0: I think I think it's important to like start understanding to have a sense of humor and how not yes. serious not serious it is like. And I know we're going a little off stream and I don't care if this is all we talk about this session, honestly, because it really is that powerful because it's like, the, it's at the core of what can transform everything. We can create a whole context of things for you guys, but if this is all we do today, this is awesome. So I think what Elon and I got really interested in and made an agreement for is that we're interested in other people's happiness, like being at like sourcing and making sure that the people in our, life are, our lives are living great lives. And we have evidence for this. Like, Everywhere you look, I mean, down to people who live with me out here in California, it's like, we're, I am known as the home you come to transform your life inside of and like take things to the next level. Every roommate I've had here has expanded and grown their life to a completely different area. And for no other reason, except we're having different conversations, mostly because no one's fucking complaining about anything, right? We've learned that sharing and working through things versus complaining and keeping them in place really works. But we've also learned- Just one second, one second. please, please. Imagine how much time you guys spend
1: complaining- And I don't care how spiritually conscious or whatever you are, we all complain. We're human beings, right? Just imagine for a second, if you took out the amount of time that you complain, how much time you'd actually have to do the shit that you've intended to do. Just one thing, like notice through your day, you want an exercise for the next week Notice how many times you complain, and alter the the complaint that time. Like as soon as you notice it, change it to something else instantly, and you just start reprogramming this brain of yours to stop doing that. To become a solution finder, to become someone that seeks perspectives that empower you and don't pull you down, will change your life.
0: Yeah, sorry, and no, it's fine. And I want to clarify that this doesn't mean that you don't get to share what's not working in your life. But I would say more succinctly, what's disempowering you currently. But sharing is a really different experience because sharing is, Elon, I got to tell you, I'm like kind of having a bad day. I'm not feeling very confident today. Here's why X, Y, Z happened. I'm really dealing with this right now, but I'm saying it to like, let go of it. Right. To like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to create agreement. I'm not looking for Elon to go, Oh my God. Yes. That's so terrible. That happened to me too. We call that trauma sharing. Okay. That, and, and for the most part, this is what people get hooked on is trauma sharing. And like, imagine you uh, had like hip surgery. If you met Billy today, Billy was like a new friend, and Billy's like, wait, you've had hip surgery? And Billy's like, yeah, I've had that too. You guys are going to be like, <laughs> high five and like, woo, yeah, hip surgery. Mm-hmm. And we, but we do that about everything. Everything we dislike, we connect over, we trauma share. And what you're doing is creating a negative feedback loop over and over again into yourself with people who agree about the shit in your life instead of talking about the things that you dream about what you want to create the future you're stepping into and having people put agreement around that stuff and pushing you into that place this is crazy what we're doing right so what is always interesting to me about humans is from the moment we do one of these like elon and i shake hands even though we can't do it but
1: is that how we shake hands, like this? Well, I
0: can't hear it. Like, if you put your hand through the screen, maybe it'll look like we're trying of. do no, You got to move it. Look. There we go. So still really weird. That actually looks terrible. I mean, <laughs> let's never do that again. <laughs> but here's the thing. From the moment that we shake hands with somebody, right, what do we do? We ask each other questions. Where are you from? How do you do? Because what we're looking for is for some kind of way to relate to that. We call it background of relatedness. We're looking for a way to relate to them because it makes us feel instantly comfortable. The other thing that we do is we ask questions because question leads to stories. And what humans do is we share stories to upload and download information to one another. So inside of my stories, whether or not I'm telling you what I like, what I'm good at, you know, what I do for a living, where I live, how, what my life experience is, my stories will intuitively in your subconscious plant ideas about me feed you seeds that then will give you a description of my identity. And and just imagine if you go like on first dates or you meet new people, you know, you tell your fucking stories over and over again, the same ones you've been telling for decades. Oh my God. Yeah. That time I went to the lake. Like it's the same stories. Because you know that those stories instill certain lessons inside of people. So those people know now what guy likes, what guy doesn't like, what he's good at, what he's bad at, what pisses him off, what makes him happy, blah, 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 blah. And again, we do this nearly underneath the level of our consciousness. Now, here's the funny part. After we go and train everyone in our environment, right? So we have like this network, like you have your friend, you have your immediate family, then you have like your friends and like your associates and these circles go out and out. But we train everybody the same way. And then the next thing we do is we get in in an argument with the way that our environment is, feeding our identity back to ourselves. Even though that we're the one that trained them what our identity is. Now that's freaking nuts. But here's the good news. Since you're the person who trained all those people to give you those loops back on yourself and create that kind of experience of reality through your identity sharing, you can recreate that with those people at any given time and recreate and transform those stories so that they see you as a new you. And here's what I always tell people. One of the things that humans do to test their reality is we test it through agreement. If a lot of people agree, it must be true. So if, like, you're five your ten closest friends what interventions are, they come and they tell you you're an alcoholic or an angry-holic or whatever, oh, fuck, it must be true. Everyone's telling me that I am, right? We use that to measure our reality. Now, you can't get away from that point of view because that's built into our biology is to look for patterns through other people to get markers about how we are. So when you have a transformative thought, like, wow, I'm going to take responsibility for this, or I'm never going to do that again, or tomorrow I'm going to start doing that. That's a transformative thought. Those things can change your life, right? Like somebody who's been smoking for 30 years going, I'm never going to smoke again. That's a transformative thought. Or I'm going to start working out tomorrow, five days a week. That's a transformative thought. Now, if you walk out into your environment and everybody in your environment knows you as a person who never works out, When you're like, hey, guys, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. They're like, yeah, fucking right, Billy. Go home, right? Because you've trained them for 30 years that Billy's lazy, sits on the couch and eats eats potato chips. But here you are. You've had this transformative thought that could change your life. And you walk out into your environment, and there's no agreement. So you go, fuck, that must not be true. I must not be that person. All right, I'm not going to go work out. Instead of enrolling, right, instead of changing the story in your environment, saying, hey, guys, I know for the last 30 years I've been saying I'm going to work out. In the last few weeks, I've been having like some serious conditions here. And I am clear that something needs to change. So here's what I'm creating for my life now. And this is the impact I believe it's going to have on me. I want you to help me be held accountable to getting to the gym, right? That changes the story. So now when you go to the gym, your friend is like, hey, Bill, what's up, man? How was your day? Did you end up going to the gym today? And you're like, no, I haven't. But thank you for the reminder, right? Like you start creating agreement through your environment and your transformation becomes easy because the moment that everyone's conversation about you is transformed you step out into your environment now and there's complete agreement for that transformation it's easy this is also why people go to courses read books have all these things and they feel really inspired super inspired rob wow, wow, yeah i got my energy way up and then two days later you can't remember why you're excited why because there's still no agreement in your environment for this thing that you've transformed again you could take responsibility for transforming those stories but most people instead of taking responsibility for those stories. They blame the other people for having the stories, the one that you helped them create. You guys get the insanity. This is madness. This is where you can constantly be at the seat of taking responsibility for the conversations that you created, for the actions that you've taken, for the things that it's impacted people and how it's impacted you. You can say when those things change and then your job is to go and share and what you now see with those people and change the stories. And the more you do that, the more power you have in your life, the more things will expand for you, the more people will be aligned with the new view of life that you have. And you could transform like this really, really fast.
1: Um, we're definitely not going to get to integrity today because it's yeah. a whole whoop-ass whoop of a conversation. We're, just, we cannot we're just start. Fine.
0: We're just fine. This, this
1: is, is great. Fine. I want to answer uh, Marco's question here, which is really, really great. And he said, I'm almost certain that if I sat my friends down and said, I don't want this in our conversation or don't want that when we meet set ground rules, quote unquote, they would probably say I'm a control freak. So Marco, here's what I want to say. The fact that when we were having this conversation, your brain goes to ground rules tells me that you operate in that way, right? Like to you, life is rules, order, order, logic, very logic brain, nothing wrong with that. Amazing quality has great qualities and also destructive destructive qualities right so i'm going to give you guys this is not new again you're going to hear this you're going to be like well that just makes sense uh but a secret weapon to having these conversations is you don't make any of it about them share your story share your experience right so who said it before here uh Anna was basically saying that she realized today that every time she speaks to her mom, she complains at least about something. It could be anything, even the weather she was saying, right? And what I wrote to her, that's a huge insight. Share that with her and not share that with her in a sense of like, mom, I'm going to stop complaining or, you know, whatever. But you could say, and Marco, you could do the same thing. Be like, listen, here's what I've realized recently. I realize that when I complain, I disconnect. I'm not connected to you. I'm not present. I'm just rattling off a whole bunch of shit. And the worst part of it that I've realized is the more I keep talking about the complaints that I have, the more I've actually manifested that stuff in my life. It's crazy, I'm done with it. So you're my friend. I would love for you to help support me in that. I, cause I know it's not going to be easy and I know I can't do this on my own because I'm just kind of programmed to do these things. Will you play that game with me? Right. It has nothing to do with them, but in you doing that, do you think they sat there and weren't listening and going, huh? I kind of do that too. Would you do that for me? Right. And next thing you know, and even if they don't do that, who cares? Right. You've already opened the door to something we all learn from stories. We don't learn from people telling us what to do. So when you're talking about setting ground rules, yeah, that's going to come off to them. Like my fucking life.
0: It's for it's force. It's manipulative. You know, absolutely. If that's the context, right?
1: So that's the context. That's your background. Where the other background is, look, I'm committed to people in my life having the most kick ass lives ever. I'm telling you, I'm a dream maker. You want your dreams to come true? Come hang out around us. I'm telling you, like, I don't know how, I don't know why, and I don't know if it's just the fact that we believe it. I'm just clear that we listen to people's greatness, right? And so I can say things to people that other people can't get away with. Because my context, my background is, how do I make your biggest self come out? How do I make that incredible soul, infinite life inside of you be the thing that drives your life, right? So in the way of that are limiting beliefs. In the way of that is your ego. In the way of that are ways that are ineffective for you. And if you know that that's the background, right? I don't go around telling people how to live their lives, not unless they ask. Absolutely not. I don't tell people how to live, what to believe, how to eat, nothing. But you know what? We get asked a lot, right? Like, how do you do this or how do you do that? Because we've created ourselves over time as those kind of people. So, Marco, just to to kind of close the loop on this, when your intention is clear and it's not just some self-serving like hey, motherfuckers, stop complaining because I honestly can't listen to you anymore, right? And that's the background. If that's the background, there's nothing that you can say that's going to move that needle. Literally nothing. But if the background comes from I want deeper, more meaningful relationships with the people of my life, I want the people around me to be absolute badasses, that's all they will hear. They won't hear ground rules. They'll hear, yo, Marco's playing a brand new game. Brand new. I'm up for playing that game. I want to go there. Right. So again, for all of you guys, I'm begging you like your homework for the week is whatever insight you got here. You go and share that with the people that matter most to you. Hey, dude, I was just on this webinar. I had this like aha moment. Can I just share with you what I, what I've learned about myself, boom, whole new world whole new conversation, and ask people to hold you to account. You can't. Guys, you cannot do this stuff on your own. The reason we have an academy, a community of people, is because we're clear that without an accountability partner, without an accountability community, you cannot do this. Guy and I transformed our entire circle. There's not a single person in our lives that hasn't done personal development work. Our parents, we've done courses with our parents. I mean, I fucking did ayahuasca with my parents. Like, we got some amazing parents. My wife, my kids haven't yet. They're young. All of our friends, literally all of our friends yeah. have done some sort of personal yeah. development work. And
0: I think that's your option, right, guys? Like, look, you can, you can stand for greater and greater in this world. And if your lenses are, well, I'm into development work. I'm transforming myself. I'm growing as a human being and the next thing you do is you make everybody wrong who's not doing that, A, you're not abiding by your own work, right? Because now you're going right back to judging, assessing, making everybody wrong, they're wrong, I'm right, I'm blaming, blah, blah, blah. What good is doing any kind of personal spiritual development on yourself if you go and use that against people? If you choose this path and other people don't choose it with you, guess what? They're prerogative. If you go to Burger King and your best friend doesn't want to come with you, you don't kill off that relationship, Now, if you want to be around and surround yourself by people who are speaking differently, thinking differently, et cetera, that's your prerogative. As I've gotten older over the years and understand flow states, understand how my environment is impacting my day-to-day, how I'm growing my development, what I believe I'm capable of, I've gotten very rigorous with the people I spend my time with. I'm looking for people who are playing bigger games or having bigger conversations, but I didn't go tell the people who are not up to those games to go fuck off. And if, and if it came to a point where there was a part in the relationship that was interfering with where I wanted to go, I had a gra- like, a gracious conversation with them about how this no longer works for me. This is what I'm up to, and this is what I'm aligned with. And it's not about making them wrong. I make sure they were taken care of and the experience of the love was there and they were listened to and got and got whatever concerns they might have had and vice versa. Maybe that would have even created an opening for transformation for that person. Who knows? but I know that I've gotten extremely rigorous with who I spend my time with because I truly do believe that you are the average of your environment. They say you take your five closest friends, take their income. That's your income. Take that average. That's your income. I believe that to be about everything about your level of happiness. Like you want to see how happy you are. Look and check out how happy the people around you are. You'll be the average of that happiness. So if you want to figure out how to get more happy, get interested in the people in your life being more happy. And instead of making them wrong for the way that they are, get interested in how you can support them and helping them create the things that they want in their life. Because that's going to increase their joy. If they're happier, guess what happens to you? Way easier to be happy, right? So, like, I make sure to spend my time with people who are – maybe they're not, like, freaking bubbling off the roof happy, although most of the people in my life are pretty damn happy – but if they're at least interested in having a conversation for how they can expand themselves and grow in a direction that would give them more power, self-expression and all these amazing things in life. And that's what they're interested in. That's where I want to spend time with. All you guys who are on this webinar right now, I assert that's the kind of person you are also. You probably like spending time with people like us in these type of conversations and you're here for the last hour plus minutes. And you know, thank you guys for staying a little bit over time. We'll wrap it up real soon here for the same reasons. You enjoy this conversation. You're looking to expand yourself a big deal to you
1: so that's it my friends that's today's episode I just want to thank you for being part of our have it all family and truly truly thank you for listening to our podcast if you'd like to help or give back in any way possible the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family friends or colleagues and if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher whichever you use that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I wanna let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love promise so until next time you can join our ongoing conversation at the have it all facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve love you all and we'll see you on the next have it all podcast
0: have an amazing amazing day my friends